Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. (laughs) This tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris (laughs) Carava is. It's so good. That's great. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Punk Tree. Uh, this is Mike, and I'm here with Aaron and Jesse. And we are hey. picking up We are picking up from, yeah, we're picking up from our last um, episode. Uh, we thought we could do like a quick, a quick run through of our top 10 albums. And nope. no, it didn't work out. <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's just because this is super important to us. And so... You know, we didn't want to rush through explaining them. And some of this stuff gets pretty deep. And, you know, I thought um, I thought it was cool that we got to talk about some things that are really important to us. And maybe we will again um, as we keep going here. Um, and so you're going to hear a few, uh, a few more records from some of us. We're also, you know, we're friends and we have some similar tastes. And so there might be some crossover coming up, I kind of anticipate. Um, but uh, it's, it's been a great couple of weeks. Um, it's been really exciting that we've had some more people start following the show. That's been really cool. Uh, we also just had our first network-wide call with Pantheon, and we got to meet and greet a bunch of the other shows that share um, space with us on the network. And so uh, I was really, really excited to goof around with those guys on a Zoom call. And uh, I actually got called out um actually got called out once because we were like passing notes back and forth um on the call and so like you you know did you feel like a high schooler again i mean kind of man like i i kind of you know it i thought it was cool though it was a cool thing and i'm uh i'm glad that we finally got to like meet all of the other podcasts that are are part of the network because that was that was pretty cool I know Aaron was there as well. Did you how did you enjoy it, Aaron? Um probably up until the part wait. They're gonna hear this. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, after Mike left, it was a bunch of uh QA stuff and uh um it wasn't bad. I just didn't feel like I got much from it. The first hour though was was really good and it was great to finally meet um a lot of the people that were on the the network, like Mike said, and uh, caused a little bit of ruckus, race in hell. Um, <laughs> like a real punk. Yeah, um, no, we, we, we got into a little like back and forth, a little conversation with uh, the guys from, uh, from Long May You Young, which is another podcast on the network. Uh, they do a bunch of Neil Young stuff. And so you should check them out. Check out the Long May You Young um, podcast and those guys seem pretty cool uh we're even maybe going to try and get together with them and, and do a little crossover or something at some point so um it was a good time yeah. it was a good time yeah not only should we like try to book some of these crossovers and, and and do some stuff with these other podcasts but um something we're also starting to do is just kind of plug other shows 
um, right in the middle or at the end of our show. If you're a regular listener, you probably started to notice some of these things popping up. So if you hear some of these other shows, like little little brief ads for them, uh, listen to them. Check them out. Yeah. So um, we want to get into these albums quickly. Um, but before we do, we usually like to just chat for a little bit about what we've been playing, any new music or old music that's been going on. Um, I know I have been doing a lot of prep and stuff because I'm a teacher and I'm going back to school on Monday. Jesse's already been back to work. Aaron has a job coming at some point here, we all assume, as a teacher as well. Um, so either of you guys point. want to go first. Anybody got something they've been listening to? Oh, man. I, I feel ready to share what I want to share for what I've been listening to, which unfortunately just isn't a lot. Like you mentioned, I'm back to work for it's been a little more than two weeks now. And I like my listening time was just cut by a ton. So like I haven't had a ton of stuff on playlists just going. But um, the few things I have been listening to uh, just on brief car rides here or there is um, one band I got back into that I was into a long, not a long time ago, but it was a band Cartel. They're like a pretty, pretty straightforward, like pop punk band. Aaron, you would love them. I've listened to them. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I always liked their sound. Um, pretty strong in the rhythm guitars, especially uh, the main album that I was always into when it first came out. And I think it's a fantastic album. It was called Chroma. But I've most recently been listening to um, the album's called S Circles. And the song that I just kind of have on repeat is called Deep South. And there's just something about this uh, rhythm guitar riff that just, mm, it just it just hits. It's got that it's got that um, it's got that guitar tone that I like to hear in in rock music. Um, it's like big big guitars. There's no thinness in the guitars at all, um, especially in the chorus of the song. And uh, Jesse, um, that was weird right now. Because like while you started talking about that guitar tone, we are on video and our listeners can't see any of this. But you were just touching yourself a lot. Like oh, you yeah, started I talking about guitars, <laughs> and you started rubbing parts of your body. It was pretty strange. I, I do believe that, that that would have looked odd, but it's just I have a um a, like a mosquito bite um sure. right 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 uh, upon my um pectoral area, and so no, I, I think rubbing. you might have a problem. You look like a. Uh, a crackhead that hasn't had a fix in a day <laughs> oh, no uh, but anyways um so the song is called deep south and uh also there's something in the guitar progression of the chorus we were just listening to a song together yesterday um a manchester song where they have like this walk up just like the way it walks up with this heaviness just sounds so cool and there's a little bit of that with like a drop at the same uh, right after anyways that, it's just a cool song I'm, I'm really into and I've listened to it probably a handful of times over the last few days. Cool. Aaron, what a, yeah, what about you, Aaron? What have you been listening to? Um, you're definitely not going to be surprised by this, but Death by Stereo's No way! Every out. week! <laughs> Aaron only listens to Death by Stereo. Uh, that's not true. I listen to uh, Fit for an Autopsy a little bit. Um, some Lecrae. I've thrown that in there. Uh, I tried out some Most Deaf. Uh, but I don't know. I might have to listen to more to like him. But Check out I'm the trying. song Mathematics. 
Check out the song uh, Mathematics. Don't tell Aaron what to do. He's a punk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what have you been digging on the new record? Oh, man. I mean, obviously the three that they uh, put out are really great. Uh, and I think that, well, I'm going to screw it up if I try to say what the titles were off the top of my head. But uh, um, I Sing For You. It's a fantastic one. Um, and then, what was it called? I think it is, I think Mass Self-Destruction. I don't know, I'm really bad with keeping track of song titles, but there's one that starts out with this like robotic chanting. Um, and it goes into this heavy riffs, the fantastic deep lyrics that Ephraim is known for. Um, and again, I'm not really good with titles or remembering lyrics, especially right now. I've only listened to the album probably five times, but uh, I dig it, man. Every single song on that album is, is good. Sweet. What about you, Mike? Uh, yeah, so I have had an interesting music listening rhythm uh, during all this time. And I I think like like a lot of people in the last couple of years, I have switched my music. So So I never liked streaming. Like I never loved it. And I think as a musician, I didn't necessarily like it because it was such a low payoff for the artists. And so I kept buying music either digitally or I would buy a physical copy and then like upload it. Um, and so the new, like, you know, the last few years, the like vinyl with digital download thing has been like, that's been my jam when I really, really love a band or I really want to support an artist in some way. That's been kind of my deal. We've talked about this before, like the bundles or like a vinyl with something, you know. Um, and so I've, you know, I've been getting, I've been spending too much money on vinyl, probably. Um, but I've been buying records. But if you're if you're putting that money towards bands, you want to support. I mean, you know, it's worth it. You're happy to do it. I totally am. I also love like, I love the artwork. I think like you know, having done that as a musician like had artists and worked with an artist to create album art and stuff like that's part of the project for a band um and so i appreciate that kind of stuff um and even like here where i'm sitting and recording like there's a bunch of vinyl around me on the walls and stuff and i i just i appreciate it it's part of my childhood too like we always had records around all the time um and so this is an album that i listened to a while back about you know last year and we've talked about it before on the podcast but i just got the vinyl um and that is Strung Out's Songs of Armor and Devotion, which has been on the turntable. Yes. And it's been just flipping and flipping and flipping. We've talked about so many, like we've talked about this a lot of times, I feel like. Um, talked about the song Ulysses, which is great. I actually really love the leadoff track, Rebels and Saints, a lot, a lot. And we're going to get into talking about some of the records that we love here. And I think it's actually like a great segue because I, I feel like, to me that tune specifically kicks off for me just for me personally it kicks off like the state of myself as a punk rock music lover which is 
we're no longer angsty for a while it felt like it was about angst mm-hmm. and now it feels like i'm fucking tired like like there's this new thing of like i'm so tired of these things that have been going on around me i'm so frustrated with it and i'm so glad i have friends to be frustrated with um and that song really i think gets like that's that's in there somewhere in the heart of that song um and I, even the title, like Rebels and Saints, like speaks a little bit to this this thing. I have a really good friend. Um, he has a, a education podcast, uh, the Educated Guest Podcast. People can, can shout it out a little bit. Uh, but he says that it's uh, um, something something about the sort of like uh, sacred and profane, right? Like there's a sort of society of the sacred and profane. Um, and I think there's a little bit little bit of that in there for sure. Um, so I've been I've been loving it. album that, that Aaron mentioned oh, quite a while ago uh, on the show and, and like we both ended up picking it up and basically just super super being into it so props to Aaron for for putting that on our radar I am glad I could turn you on to that and I'm glad Mike mentioned that song because I, I feel like that album like the the songs and how they're laid out are are very well done and rebels and saints really sets the tone for that album yeah i really think it does it honors every musician in the band like nobody oh, gets yeah. lost on this the, the whole album nobody gets lost everybody gets featured it's i lyrically it's very profound um i loved it any any thoughts on the album title do you think they were playing playing on words with songs of armor and devotion Oh, I so <laughs> this is it's gonna be very interesting because I encountered this album after I had made my top ten list, and I'm 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 gonna not include it in my top ten list, even though I think it will have a place. Um, I I love that the album is built around dichotomy. The album again, album art, everything is built around dichotomy, and I, I mentioned like the sacred and profane. I believe you can be both. I absolutely believe it. I think rebels and saints, I think revolutionaries and benevolent, like I think these things are not dissonant from each other, although culture sometimes tries to force them apart. Um, and that, I'll get into that actually a little bit when I start talking about sort of like doing good unto the world in music um, in a little bit later. I think that songs of armor are like, there's something about the fight in there and devotion has something there's something about faith in here right and it might not be like a spiritual kind of faith but it's still this idea of like there's something so important there are all these like completely important things in the world and we need to be able to defend and we need to be able to like take action Um, and i love that so many of the lyrics through the album are about doing that together like there's there's a lot of like imagery of like brothers together or we all together kind of stuff throughout it. Never wanna hear, never
All right, so on our last episode, we got through the first part of our top 10, but let's, let's jump back into it. Well, that's, that's three, three rounds through. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Are you guys ready for uh, another one from I'm someone? S- I, I think so Aaron, ready. back, yes. back that around would be, to Aaron. It's, it's my turn. Right, so number four on my list is uh, SOS by Mill and Colin. Yeah. Um, and they, mm, musically, it is very similar to a lot of things that Mill and Colin has done in the past. You know, there's some clear maturation in there. Um, they've changed a little bit, gotten a little bit better musically, but lyrically, I think this is probably their best album. Um, I think in the past, they haven't taken a lot of like stances on a lot of things. Um, but they do a lot in, uh, in SOS. Uh, and one song that I really like is, uh, Yanny and Laurel, um, <laughs> which, you know, it's a throwback to a few years ago when like you said Laurel, but some people heard Yanny. So when I just said that, <laughs> some people are probably hearing Yanny and Yanny. Um, but it is Yanny and Laurel, uh, it reminds but, uh, me of my favorite um my favorite alien ant farm song laurel are you okay are you okay laurel that doesn't sound right it's also known as a michael jackson song but we can't listen to him anymore no yeah. he's not he's no longer allowed he's canceled <laughs> quick michael side J- note that says something about alien ant farm that their best song was a michael jackson cover yeah did, yeah for sure anyway sorry <laughs> anyways um some of the lyrics are, and there are two sides of the coin, two sides that will never join, even though they both are the same. Like Yanny and Laurel, we see life differently. Like Yanny and Laurel, the world's got its symmetry. Like Yanny and Laurel, no hard opinion on my world. Um, and I love that that acknowledgement of people look at something, we can look at the exact same thing and see something completely different. Um, but the divide that that creates and, um, the fact that people aren't willing to talk to one another and discuss the differences and find the common ground. I mean, you're looking at the exact same thing, but looking at it from different perspectives, um, and not allowing anyone else to like make a, a, a statement or, um, what's involved not allowing anyone else to comment or give you information that might change your perspective on it and that's you know a big problem in our world today once or twice i've done a crime mostly spent a waste of time never would have sent us to rain and there are two sides of the coin two sides that will never join Right. So, I had I had a few things to connect to that. Um, uh, it, just talking about two sides of the coin and, and, and different perspectives and seeing things in the same way. One thing that it kind of reminds me of, especially putting it up against America and the current um, environment, just to put it simply, um, it sort of reminds me of. Um, there was a movie that Jeff Daniels was in, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And I think it was called The Newsroom or something. And 
And he's like, they're talking about a, a political campaign and they're like, America's the greatest country in the world. Tell us about, about, about that. And he just sits there and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we're not number one at anything anymore. Um, um, and, and it just kind of reminds me that there's two, two, two ways to look at America and, and one just seems more critical, but they're, they're both worthwhile. And it also reminded me of, of something Mike brought up a, a couple weeks ago. Um, but, but it escaped me just now. Oh, it was, um, the descendants song, uh, but both you, you can be both proud and ashamed at the same time to, to be a part of America. Um, because, um from American. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, that, that's kind of what I was connecting it to, but I had another question about it though. It's different from the lyrics or the, or the content. It's just this. Aaron, you seem to to have a, a lot of um, some of your favorite music. It would kind of fall into a genre that is kind of consistently called skate punk. Yeah, and and I feel like this is kind of where some of our our tastes overlap because I hear a lot of pop punky type stuff mm-hmm. in skate punk compared to like more traditional straightforward punk music. And I just want to know what you guys think about that. Like do pop punk and skate punk overlap and what, what are the similarities and differences? Cause that's something that, that I'm catching. I think there's definitely some overlap. And uh, one of the things that uh, sticks out is the way in which things are sung is oftentimes on the happier side for pop on on both in skate punk a lot of the times i think the uh the way they sing isn't terribly aggressive not like what you think um kind of typical punk is mike would you disagree with that uh no i wouldn't disagree i would um add that pop punk is connected to the pop genre and michael jackson is the king of pop and we have to reconcile that. Yeah. So is he still the king of pop? Really, a bunch of no, no, you. he doesn't exist anymore. He's done. He's canceled, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yep. All right. Well. Well. Anyways, I, that's probably something I'll want to talk about more at some point. Is the way that those overlap? Because I know that I tend to like a lot more pop punk stuff. And like I, I mentioned, I. Aaron, you're trying to expand your horizons and be open-minded. I think that, and like, I say that with like a, like a cheesy voice, like to, oh, Aaron keeps saying this, but like, I'm serious. I think that's really good that you're like open to listening to stuff like that. That's, that's outside of like the more aggressive punk or even that in between stuff like skate punk kind of is. Um, But it's, I just think it's interesting that you're kind of the anti-pop punk you guys are going to keep giving me crap for being into more pop punk emo stuff which is totally fine like i think i think it's fine to be critical of each other and 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 push back on each other and and give each other a hard time it's part of what makes this fun but uh i think it's interesting how those two genres sort of overlap and you're even though they've got a lot of similarities you're you're sort of anti one compared to the other anyways it's just interesting i think we'll probably end up getting into some of those things uh at some point in more detail Anything else about um, that last that last pick? Or are we ready um, to, to get no, into No, I think we need to move one? on. 
All right, so Mike's up. What's uh, what's the next one on your yeah. your list, Mike? So um, my next one is an album that I have mentioned um, a number of times, a couple of times uh, on on the show before. Um, <clears throat> I think of it very much as a comeback album. I also love that this record um, kind of ties in for me again to like the pivoting again <clears throat> of like my dad, my dad passing away and moving toward like, wow, I have to navigate an adult world and be a father and have career things and all this stuff happen. And I don't know how to do it necessarily. Um, so the, the album that I absolutely love, I also grew up in a really small town <clears throat> in the middle of nowhere. Some people might say, uh, I don't think it was nowhere, um, because I lived there for 18 years. Um, but this album has imagery of, uh, and, and speaks to something like that. Um, and the record is Phoenix by Pedro the Lion. Um, now Phoenix is in a small town, but Phoenix has some similarities to the town that I grew up in. Um, and uh, there are a lot of songs on this record. I've mentioned a couple before that we played snippets of when I was like really taking it in. Uh, it is the vinyl that is on my player right now that like I wake up in the morning and my kids hit play and the record kicks off. Um, but the song that I wanted to point out a lot, and I feel like it speaks the most to my, my, <laughs> I don't know if it's like cognitive dissonance or cognitive resilience or something of the last decade, uh, is the song quietest friend. Um, and uh, David Bazan, um, the, the singer-songwriter uh, in Page of the Lion, um, I've appreciated his candor and I've appreciated his willingness to go to places where he doesn't know and question things. I, I respect it immensely. Um, he has a lot of songs throughout the years that kind of tracked with how I was thinking about lots of stuff. Uh, but this song specifically, he is he is speaking to himself, um, and he is sort of trying to reconcile the fact that he did not always do what was most genuine to himself. Uh, and so, I'll read just like a section here um, uh, from the middle. <clears throat> uh, so he says, fifth grade, fifth grade in the lunchroom, fickle friends were telling jokes, making you the punchline of some random thing I wrote. They were looking to me to land the final blow. Just to be included went straight up to my head. I thought the joke too stupid for it to matter what I said. I was wrong, but I went along with it. You don't have to tell me how hard it must have been for you to let me in. Nothing lasts forever. Now I understand. I hurt you again, my quietest friend. Um, and so he's talking about how like he allowed the jokes and things surrounding himself to just happen, uh, which is so painful. And then the bridge of it though, is like, I, I appreciate songs with hope, which I know Jesse has talked about too. Aaron doesn't care about hope. Uh, he just wants death and darkness and everything. Uh, <laughs> but it, the bridge of the song gives us such hope. A stern, such a stern such demeanor a stern that Aaron has. It's um, not that I only want death and darkness. It's that I know that we have to get through that before we have happiness okay and someday uh we will be raptured after you're dead <laughs> then you mm -hmm. um but the bridge I'm of this song heaven so it's all okay so fuck you 
We should write that as our like jingle. Um, okay, but the bridge of the song, the bridge of the song, I feel like there's this reconciliation of self and it speaks and I, you know, I'm not David Bazan, but I love songwriting so much. And I think it speaks to the heart of it all. He says, we could write me some reminders, which is just such a humongous line. He's talking to himself and he's saying, we could write me some reminders. I'd memorize them. I could sing them to myself and whoever's listening. I could put them on a record about my hometown. Sitting here with pen and paper, I'm listening now. And so it's like, now that I'm here with a guitar on my lap, and I've just been in that position where it's like you're sitting and it's like, okay, I got to deal with something here. He's just admitting like, well, I could make myself a note and I, I, I could sing it. And if anybody wants to hear me sing about it, they could hear about it too. I could even put it on a record that people might listen to. And it's just songs about me and trying to deal with myself and trying to understand how to be something more than I was and grow up from those cul-de-sacs and streets of my hometown. I don't know. If you want to listen to it, you can. And I just love the humility and the like purposefulness of it. clearly making what he's making and writing what he's writing and saying what he's saying for himself um but lucky for us <laughs> he he lets us have it too yeah yeah some of those lyrics you mentioned really kind of remind me of the way i approach some of my i guess regrets you could say things i look back on from childhood high school attitudes i had the ways i i treated people um, that, that I am embarrassed to have, um, done. Uh, and I, I could, I could still tell you vividly, um, some of those things that I still hold on to and still feel, I don't know if it's guilt or shame, probably a little bit of both, just including just some of those dumb things that you're, you're fifth grade and you, you, you don't weigh the things that you say like you do when you when you when you are are an adult. Anyway, so that that was some of the things that came to mind, and, and I can really relate to the way that he he was sharing sharing that in that song. All right, Jesse, you are up actually. Oh, well, that will just transition then, right? Uh, I want to say transition. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, What's next for you, Jesse? Great. Um, what's next for me is I'm excited to share to share about this one. Um, this was a record that came out in 2016. So, so that means I have put up three from 2011 and then a big gap in there. And this is a record from it's actually a local San Diego band. And these are some oh, guys. Yeah. yeah, these are some guys that that we played with at local bars around San Diego a handful of times. Um, and they're called the Wildfires. 
and they put out a full length album in 2016 that was called Ghost. Um, and it it was just so great. It was it's quite different from like most most rock music that I listen to. You know, I mostly get into I'm into I mean, you heard me, uh, Emery and, and Devil Wears Prada, like heavier stuff, stuff with more aggressive guitars and uh, and vocals. But but these guys, the Wildfires, kind of have like a a sort of classic blues rock thing that, that goes with their style. Like they're young guys. I think they're younger than all of us. But like they kind of put out a vibe like like they're playing music in the 70s almost like when they play live they often play cover songs from from classic rock bands um but this album just it just hit me right um and i would never have heard it except for like we we know these guys we played with them and i, I listened to the album over and over and over and it, it easily easily makes my list i just like it um i don't know if i could name i have to I should probably name one song just to highlight um you know what? I'm gonna say "Lady of the Lady of the Light." "Lady of the Light" was a really cool song, and part of the reason why I choose that one is because right around the same time that we were playing gigs together, we have a song called "Lady of the Night," and the songs don't have the same vibe with the instrumentation, but but it, interestingly enough, like the content of, of the lyrics and the meaning of the song is 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 pretty much the same. Um, um, speaking about um, kind of red light district uh, women displaying themselves. I don't know how to how to put it. You can say sex workers on this podcast. I, it's not so specifically about sex workers. It <clears throat> is about right, the right. it's well, about the perils of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and and, and say. I would say like the, like the perils of like when we when we when we make human interaction especially uh uh like sexual interaction or romantic interaction like when we make those those um dynamics purely a sort of like um prowling or hunting mm. endeavor like it's about it's about that it's about that tendency like even in, in and we're talking about the wildfires track, but like in, in our song, I have a piece I wrote about, like I steal the lyrics from Dave Matthews band to make fun of him a little bit um, of like, I watch you there through, through the window and I stare like he has that. Mm -hmm. And he says, you are nothing and you wear it so well. Um, I, I just think it's disgusting. Like I think yeah. the song is disgusting. And so I'm mocking it, and I think that wildfires also are speaking to this like condition that we have. Yeah, of it's, just it's, like objectifying, you know. I think I think it's disgusting too, and it's it's among those things that I mentioned where it's like it's disgusting, and yet I I, I, I it's not something that's been overcome. Like my eyes work well, and and, and I I see women. I see them. Um, but but that's just one track to highlight off of that record. Um, but it's a it's a great record. I, I highly recommend checking it out. And there's a shine in your eyes still And you've got a core that's burning bright Pull about that hardening heart
although I misspoke, it came out in 2015. Cannot believe that was five years You're ago. You're off by a whole year? That's amazing. But just in general, like, everything is twice as long ago as I think, man. I would have said that was a couple years ago. Nope, five whole years. All right. Well, that was that was mine, which which brings us back to uh, back to the top. Aaron, Aaron, give mm. us another record. Okay. And I want to say before we continue, sorry, Aaron, I don't mean to yeah. interrupt your your start there. I am surprised that we have not overlapped yet. Not a single one of us has named named the same record as someone else, and I I would be very surprised if. If we get through all thirty of these without there being a couple of, of there's no ups. way. There's, there's no, no way. way. No. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if one that I've already mentioned comes up on Mike's list later. I'm guessing we have three overlaps. I said three, two, I but have I am sure at least there's three. one with Mike. Yeah, and I think I have three with Jesse. I am a hundred percent sure of one that I'm going to overlap with Mike, and then I'm pretty sure on a couple. Okay, but either way, that's just a side note. I'm glad we haven't overlapped yet. Hopefully the records are good enough that if we both talk about them, we can highlight multiple songs and stuff like that. But I bet you a round of disc golf. We have three. <laughs> okay, I'll pay for your round of disc golf. You already have paid for like two that I never paid you back for. So Right, but that's yeah. just because I really enjoy playing disc golf. And if what it takes to get friends out there to play with me is to pay for their round, I don't <laughs> even care. <laughs> All right, Aaron, go. go. Okay. Um you guys probably anticipated this one, but my fifth choice is Songs of Armor and Devotion by Strung Out. Of course. Um, oh, yes. Man, in the past uh, decade, Strung Out has definitely become one of my favorite artists. They, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's very possible they might have replaced Thrice as my favorite band. Whoa. It's possible. Maybe it's a tie. I'm not sure. Um, anyways, this uh, this record, um, man, they've just matured a lot, and like their musicianship has like become astronomically better. We've talked about on this podcast how Chris Aiken and Rob Ramos and Jake Kiley are all just like incredible guitarists. Um, and like, really, you can't appreciate that until you see them live. Like hearing them on the record is one thing, but seeing them live is just so just phenomenal. Anyways, I'm uh, going off on a tangent, but uh, musically, this album is great. Um, they also had a, a new drummer on this album, which I think added like a different feel to the uh, the album compared to their old ones um yeah and lyrically like jason cruz has always had just really deep um really powerful lyrics i think and he did not disappoint on uh songs of honor and devotion if anything i think he may have stepped it up a notch and you know it's kind of gone with um you know the changing of the times like this came out uh, like right as Trump became president, um, like political turmoil started to really step it up. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of that going on. Uh, but one, one uh, little set of lyrics that I would like to share is from Daggers. Um, and the chorus 
think this would be the chorus, but it's uh, Gloria, don't ask me when I'm coming home, don't leave your light on, don't wait up for me here anymore. It's a general strike between the left and right, between the master's hand and the appetite, between the rich and the poor that don't care no more, between you and me and our dirty war. Um, I think that first part about like, um, don't ask when I'm coming home, don't leave your light on, like, I'm in this, I'm not resting until, you know, we settle all this and we like take care of the, you know, the terrible stuff that's happening in our world right now. Um, and then that second part, it's a general strike between the left and right. I just love that, um, this rejection of like class systems and, uh, political systems and the fight between the two when like all the fighting that we're doing is not helping anything right we need to reject that and we need to really work together i mean and I, that's what it feels like he's saying like we got to get rid of all the uh the infighting that we're doing amongst us thing to to put out um and i'm sure you remember that you challenged me to listen to this record a few months back and i am super glad you did because i loved it and it was a band that i had never heard or, or really heard of before and you just put it out there and you, thank you just straight up thank you i am gonna revisit it again i will probably end this discussion when we're done and literally go buy it because <laughs> i i knew that i liked it but i haven't really continued to listen to it but i know that i want to so so i will be doing that you're very welcome jesse um was that was would you call that your number one record of the decade Aaron, or is that just one that you know is like near the top it's near the top you know i don't i don't know if i have a number one record of the decade like just like i said yeah. i'm not sure if thrice or strung out is my favorite band i don't know that's all right i i want to tell you uh while you were talking i ordered the vinyl i paid for it and everything <laughs> for uh songs of honor and devotion yeah i literally just purchased it i was going to share my screen while you were talking but i thought it would distract you <laughs> I, I literally found it ordered it paid for it it'll be here tomorrow awesome <laughs> Aaron, could you remind me, like, the guys in Strung Out were in a different band too, right? No, um, Jim Cherry, the original bass player, played in a 10-foot pole. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, I knew that there was some association with, with another, another... And the 10-foot pole and pulley are the two. Yeah. yeah. 
we, we've and, had to uh, give jesse an education of yeah. like 90s punk rock like we've hey, had to like i you, that's 100 correct and i'll take it it's been good jim cherry also was in a band called zero down which to my knowledge they only put out one record but it is awesome jesse you yeah. probably won't like it because there's a lot of hope or lack of hope Oh and no! Despair. Yeah, it's just, just but I do that. Really, <clears throat> quality really like that album. All right. Well, I think I think that's that's five from Aaron and Mike. You're up for your fifth. Totally. Um. <clears throat> so I am going to I'm gonna I'm gonna cap off my top. Well, not my top five, but my first five, my first half here, um, with an album that was one of the most anticipated records I can remember in my life. Um, it's not that one that you're thinking of, Jesse. I'm going to save that one. That is an overlap, I believe, <clears throat> for later. Um, but this was uh, an album that took tw- 12 years to get get to. Um, and I also appreciate that it, it is utterly profound. Um, and so I, I grew up in the 90s listening to a bunch of different punk rock music, but one of the through lines for me um, of that decade of the nineties was descendants. Um, and individually each person has, who's in the band has such a profound impact. I was a huge fan of all. Um, I, I even like really fell in love with the sound, uh, Stefan Adrian and Bill Stevenson, uh, built a studio in Fort Collins, Colorado called the blasting room. Um, it was like my dream as a high school punk rock band kid to someday record an album at the blasting room with those guys, uh, a band that we have talked about in recent episodes, slick shoes, um, their album, wake up screaming was recorded by Bill Stevenson and Stefan Adrian at the blasting room in Fort Collins. Um, at one point I put a bunch of like speakers and amplifiers multiple in my Oldsmobile Calais coupe with crushed red velvet interior. And my friends called it the blasting car. Uh, and it was named after the blasting room. <clears throat> I love so much about this band. Uh, Edgerton's guitar parts are just melodic and freaking interesting. Like listen to descendants and listen to those guitar lines and just understand there's only one guitar player and he's just filling space with all kinds of harmonies, melodies, very very little power chord or even like just full strummed first position chords ever uh carl alvarez's bass lines are amazing and stevenson is uh, probably the heartbeat of of the first 20 years of the like modern punk movement like he is the sound of 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 drums percussion that being said what i did not know and and we didn't have all the internets and things back then is I didn't, we didn't know what was going on in these people's lives um, during all these times. You know, we, we might know that like someone left a band because of something. There might've been a rumor of an addiction or something here and there. <clears throat> we might know that someone got a divorce, um, but we didn't know really, really what was going on. And so Descendants sort of like fell off the map around like 2005. Uh, Jesse mentioned American. Um, somewhere like somewhere in there, around 2005 like they released their last project and then it was like where are they and you'd see little things come up and there was some news of some like health problems and things um and then a couple of years ago uh they come out with hypercaffeine spasinate 
which is one of my top 10 albums of the decade. I do love the music. I super like it. I also think that it is a profound statement from uh, a band that that really is kind of like a a godfather of the entire genre um, to come out and, and, and basically say, we have been a disaster. We have been a mess. We did so many things wrong and we need to just do a little bit of um, a confession. There's, there's like a confession aspect to the album. Um, And then there's, there's also some new purpose to some of the songs um, around like their families and things like that, that that just like, there's this maturity jump that has happened. Um, So like Bill Stevenson struggled with food and health. And so he talks a lot about like his, you know, open heart surgeries that he had had. Um, we were at the show here in San Diego. Aaron and I were there, and he ripped his shirt open and stood up on the drum throne at the back of the stage to thank a doctor here in San Diego who performed the surgery, and he showed a scar down his whole chest. Um, there were some addiction problems that they talk about. They talk about infidelity, um, partying, women, and these other things that happened along the way, and they talk about them very bluntly and very openly throughout the album. Um, and so it's like this punk rock album. It still has like, you know, the same like logo and all these things like a Descendants record. But when you read the lyrics, they just, they just hit really, really hard. Um, one of the, uh, one of the singles that came out first is a song called, um, Without Love. Uh, and that record is, uh, it, it is painful to read the lyrics or to listen to um, knowing like knowing what what's been experienced by the by the band um, they speak about the troubles of like of cheating um, the, the struggles of like doing whatever I want to do for me um, comes up quite a bit um, there's another song I know I'm going to mention just a couple but I, I feel like I have to um, there's another song that was the first uh the first single which is was called victim of me and they released it before the album came out and the entire song is just about how a lot of crazy terrible things have happened and i did all of it i'm the one who made all of the decisions to sleep in other people's beds to to ingest those chemicals to eat that food to do all this stuff and i I did it all to myself um, which is powerful, but, um, but the song I want to read a piece of lyrics from is the song Limiter. Um, and it touches me specifically because I was a kid that, that sometimes struggled with sitting still and paying attention in class. And I got really good grades. I did all that stuff really well, but uh, I was very much what people always said. Like, they, you know, I was a kid with like ADD. Um, and that's a, a theme that comes up in a, a kind of across the punk rock genre. Uh, this song, though, is, I think, beautifully talks about this. And so I'll read just a little piece from Limiter. Um, uh, let's see. I want to read. Um, okay. The song says, uh, <clears throat> they gave you a limiter. Are you limited for life? I'm so sorry, son. Society don't want to see you go for all. Back then, everybody knew a spaz or two. We never thought those kids were bad, did you? These days, everybody's found another way. 
just give them a pill and send them on their way. But whatever happened to drug-free youth? What's to become of our sons? What can we do? Because they gave you a limiter. Are you limited for life? I'm so sorry, son. Society don't want to see you go for all. Um, and it's speaking about maybe like ADD Ridland, but I think it's also speaking more about like the way that we cope again, that we've like come to this thing where it's just like, we can just take something. We can just ingest something. We can just like, there, there is a prescription. We can just prescribe our way out of everything that we get ourselves into. Um, so if people haven't hit that album up, I think it's phenomenal. <clears throat> they came back with a vengeance. They also came back with a, a single after this album that was like a response to Trump's election that I thought was really great. So, yeah. They gave you a limiter. Are you limited for life? I'm so sorry, son. Society don't want to see you go for all. I'm so sorry, son. I'm so sorry, son. Society. And Jesse, Jesse, your it's your fifth pick. My fifth pick. All right. So, so for my fifth pick, this is like a pretty big um, shift for me and and my music taste. Um, I, I my music tastes tend to be you know rock music, punk rock music, pop punk, most things with guitars. Um, and when I first started getting into this band, I, I kind of felt like I had to call them like a like a guilty pleasure, like because they were so different than what uh, I typically listen to. I, I probably even didn't want to tell my friends that I was into it because like they, they would they would wouldn't approve of this genre or like what's going on with this this type of music. But I, I'm really I don't looking even... forward to making fun of you now. Uh, yeah, you you can. However, in the in the same way that that Aaron's mentioned, he's trying to broaden his horizons and, and be more open to kind of stu- uh, different styles. That's that's about what I did five years ago when I started listening to this other band. And the band is the 1975. And I, I sort of had to um, convince myself that that it was okay to listen to um, because because. They have two guitar players. There's tons of like electronic sounds and synth sounds, but like at least they still have guitars. And some of the guitars still have pretty cool grooves and stuff like that. But I had to like convince myself it was it was allowed because they had guitar players still, even though they are much more pop than anything I listened to um, from 1990 to 2015. <laughs> yes, 25 years. Um, Anyways, one of the things that kind of also helped me embrace this band was their uh, approach to dealing with people saying that that they, I don't know, weren't cool or, or that they didn't rock. Or, I, don't, I don't know. But like in their music video for the song, The Sound, they basically just take internet trolls comments and just put them up on display like during their music video. Like, oh, here's what people say about us. And like... Oh, you think we care? Yeah, definitely don't. This is this is us. And some of the things that that are like written in this music video are like, um, here's a, an internet comment that was put in the video. It was terrible, high-pitched vocals over soulless robo beats. And, 
Um, other comments that also show up in this music video are, um, um, there's no danger in this music at all. Another comment, unconvincing emo lyrics. Do people really still make music like this? They're essentially making robotic Huey Lewis tunes. Pompous arena synth pop. This band thinks it has a charismatic singer. They are mistaken. <laughs> and, and they just take all these comments and they're like, we don't care. And so by seeing them do that, it kind of made me feel the same way. Like, my friends aren't going to approve of this band that I listen to. Not that, not that any of my friends would actually try to control what I listen to. But like, they're like, yeah, we don't care. And you know what? Now I don't either. I, I am into this alt synth arena pop band. I like what they do. I, I like their sound. I enjoy it. It's different from most other stuff. And if I could just highlight a couple of songs off the album that came out in 2015 that, that kind of got me into them was called I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. So that's a full, full mouthful there for the album. I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. Anyway, so that's the album title. And uh, one of the songs that, that caught me first um, was a song called If I Believe You. Um, and this is actually, it's kind of surprising that this was the song that, that caught me the most early on because it doesn't have a lot of guitars in it. Like, it's just got tons of atmospheric synthy stuff. And um, there's like just a big old saxophone solo in the middle of it. But anyways, I guess it caught me just because of some of the content. Like the very first line, he says, I've got a God-shaped hole that's infected, and I'm petrified of being alone. It's pathetic, I know. But then the chorus, he says, If I believe you, would that make it stop? If I told you I need you, is that what you want? And I'm broken and bleeding and begging for help, and I'm asking you, Jesus, show yourself. So... That was one of the songs that, that definitely caught me early on into getting into this band and style and genre that was very new for me. Um, but I definitely, I definitely dig it. And I'm, I'm probably going to have to do a throwdown challenge and just try to make you guys listen to it, even though I know you probably wouldn't be into it. Kind of like how we've had a throwdown challenge in the past. And begging for help. There will be another alternative pop record in my Whoa, a tease. Oh, goodness. He's alt-pop teasing us. I, I am. Straight off the punk tree. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Let's get into uh, um, continuing on. I think we'll be on our sixth record now out of ten. Um, yep. I don't remember if we're sticking to any sort of order, but I think Aaron was kind of going first. So if we can kick over to Aaron, let's let's just do that. Yeah. Um, and this is a great segue because it's going to be another strung out album. <laughs> and this one is uh, Transmission Alpha Delta, which came out in 2015. Um, and 
this was kind of a personal album for me um just because at the time i was uh going through some just a lot of changes in myself and the way i viewed things and like i was just going through a lot of personal changes at the time and uh because of that i probably i might have you know gotten some things from the cd that maybe they weren't meant to be there but uh it meant a lot to me just because number one string out is so good like musically they did not disappoint on this album i kind of feel like it was their best one in a few albums um but one song and you guys might be surprise about this one really it's probably my favorite from that and you'd be surprised because it's one of the less aggressive um musically and uh lyrically but i think that it um it just reflects a lot of what i was feeling at the time so if it's um, not so if it's not as aggressive, what is it more like? It, like an anthem, or is it more ballad? It, what is, like, how would you describe it if it's not as aggressive? So I feel like I'm very bad at picking out what musicians are trying to say in songs, but to it's me, a good, the song, it's a good thing that you're a host of a music podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a good contrast to what you and Jesse might bring, which is. I just bring complete nonsense, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the middle. Sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> this song is about nonsense. It's not important. It's not deep. It just, it sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle. I do a little of both. The, the song to me, it sounds like, um, basically how lives, how our lives change and how, um, time changes us and how we can um, be victims of that or we can um, control that. Um, and the opening line is, I still believe a good man better know his darkness well because the days of kings are over and all the good men have gone to hell. And uh, I mean, I think that's a good reflection of society in general. You think of like what the good man is and like, it's on the surface a lot of times it's that polished suit and tie speaks very nicely but behind the scenes just like corrupt and using power for um nefarious things uh but the chorus is what i i kind of talked want to talk about um but it says, like thunder in your sky, like looking up and wondering why, like going underground and taking everybody down. Articulate the chaos, manufacture resurrection, overcome distractions to control your evolution, because you're the sum of every moment that you've been alive. And I, I love that because it, it kind of feels how I always have been like prone to go underground in a sense you know not be on the surface but or you know 
Like internalizing in the things? background. Not even that, just not, not in the mainstream. Literally like you think about underground music, underground art, oh, okay. not in the mainstream. Um, but that articulate the chaos, trying to decide what just craziness is going on. Um, over manufacture resurrection, overcome distractions. You know, you're coming out and you're, uh, you know, getting over the obstacles, all the things that might bring you down to control your evolution. Um, you know, so there's the, the part about having control over how you change. And, um, you know, we have decisions that we can make. There's things we can't decide, but there are decisions that we can make to influence um, what happens to us and how we, I think it's more how we react to them, which in turn shapes how we turn out. There it is, man. That's that's why you're a podcast host. That's why I'm a podcast host. My gosh, that was great. I mean, that, I think that was like, I, it's also fair to interpret the music in your way. Like we can't know intent unless we have, you know, the artist here and we interview them or ask them questions or something. Um, you know, my, my, my whole college life was all about this. Like we can choose the school of criticism we want to use. Like, and we can look at things as a, you know, as a reader, or we can look at them for artists intent, but neither one's wrong. I thought that was a great take. It was a hot no, thank take. You very much. It was a hot take. That means a lot to me. All right. So, strung out. What's it called again? Tango Alpha Delta. Delta. <laughs> Delta. Transmission Alpha Transmission Delta. Transmission Alpha Delta. Tango. Del Rey. Tango Del Rey. Lana. Del Rey. I hate you guys. All right. It was strung out. Transmission Alpha Delta. Thank you so much, Aaron. Um, Jesse, do you want to maybe take the next turn? I definitely could, although I think I was yeah, I think third in the. I think I was. Mike's. I've been third in the. Oh, is it my order. turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think I've been third in the order. Okay. Uh, well, then I guess it's time to break the ice. So I mentioned in my first five um, that my list was kind of split into two things, and the first one, you know, it was. Um, it's not chronological, but maybe kind of at the beginning of the decade, you know, dealing with just the loss of my dad and grieving and, and music being a big help. And it still is. And there's still records that come up. Uh, we're going to get to those as we move into the second half. There'll still be some records where I might point out a couple things. But I think the other big thing for me during um, during the decade uh, is that it's we, we can't separate. <laughs> we, we will never be able to talk about this decade in any sort of like pop cultural or, or historical way without talking about the division of culture in, in America. Like, it's, oh, yeah. like we can't, we can't talk about that time without discussing it some. Um, and I think for me, this was really a, you know, somewhere in, in there, there was this transition for me of being, um, 
a lot more willing to be a skeptic. Um, a lot more willing to um, listen to perspectives that I had not listened to very well before. Um, and I think that that really affected me in a lot of ways. Um, I do a lot of um, a lot of talking and working in in the world of education, and throughout this decade, like my views about progressive education um, intensified in a lot of ways, and I shed some things that I didn't need anymore. Um, my own personal beliefs and worldview were challenged deeply uh, during this time. Um, me and a lot of people that I knew all kind of went through, and the, the word that was really buzzy, you know, ten years ago, and and still quite a bit it was like we all went through like a deconstruction right where a lot of things just got kind of peeled off and we and we we all maybe we were getting old enough maybe we had all gone through some things in life i think that the trump presidency was a, a tipping point in that or the it wasn't even the, the trump presidency it was it was the campaign that really i think did it for me it was like it was like the icing on some sort of like deconstruction cake um, which makes no sense. Um, but there was this like peeling away of like challenging, challenging what we believe and trying to get to the heart of what it really was all about. Um, and so for me, uh, there's a, there's a few records that I will talk about. Uh, the first one um, I think has, has a couple of concepts that, that tie into that. And it's, um, it's supporting cast by propaganda. Yes, I know. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, and there's just a couple of tracks that I want to point out. I'll pull the lyrics up real quick. Um, the first is just that title track, uh, Supporting Cast. Um, and there's a play on words. If, if our listeners aren't super familiar with, with the record, it's a play on the word cast. So there's the supporting cast, like we know in like a film or something. There's some extra actors that help support the big star but they put an E on it, which is cast as in like a cast system. Um, as in like, there are some lower class people who support an oligarchy or a rich or whatever class above them. Um, and so that in that song, um, I'm going to read something just from toward the end. Here it is. Um, all right. So he's playing again on, on film theater but then the real world and what's happening. Uh, it says, you can storm the edit suite or move to block its theatrical release, but I think we can safely guarantee that there will be no revisions to the script made on behalf of a supporting cast because history exalts only the pornography of force, that of murderers and psychopaths. The rest of us, of course, stricken from the narrative wholesale, a backdrop to the tale as we, the two bits, are ushered on and swiftly off this stage with the jawbones of asses. No stirring curtain call for the masses. No floral bouquet. No breaking of legs. No recurring role. No artistic control. Ah. And so it makes me feel crazy. Because what we see in our world right now, especially in our country, and we are really close to an election happening here, is we see so many of the people who are actually the most subjugated, 
we see so many of the people who are actually the most disenfranchised who are not even supporting cast. I would argue we have people, uh, I'm working with some schools in, in West Virginia. My God, they think Cole is coming back. Like they literally think that fucking Cole is the future. No, even if it makes a little comeback, it's certainly not. It's the not future. the future. No. Um, but there's so many people who have really had hard times. They're not even the supporting cast. They're extras. Like they're just, they're in the background of this play, man. And yet they are holding up one. They're holding up this like, you know, their Goliath, whatever it is, right? They're holding up Trump. They're holding up whatever it is as if they're, that he's going to be a hero for them. But there's no curtain call. They're just ushered onto the stage. They're being exploited. I just see it so much. There's one more song I want to mention. Just uh, it's a, the shortest song on the on the album. Um, it's called "This Is Your Life," um, and I think the imagery of it is it's it's taking the metaphor into one person's life, into a scene in a house. Um, and so I want to read some of that. <clears throat> You're not really mad at Iran or Afghanistan. You're mad at the fact that your wife can't stand you anymore. You don't know where she is. You're going crazy in your basement hole, clicking your remote control, spitting insults at the screen because tomorrow you're back at work where you can't stand being the little man. Despite your groveling, you can't get ahead. No one really laughs at your stories anymore. You're too cynical and mean, and so they fucked off board. Your kids are at the mall. They just sit and stare at the walls. You think you tell it like it is. You say you can't stand bleeding hearts, but every single day, You just sit there bleeding for yourself. You whine and cry in your manly voice. This is your life. You do it to yourself. Take the load off your mind. Go out into the world. You'll see. You'll probably survive. This is your life. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Talk about it, Jesse. What would you hear in that? Tell me. What would you hear in that? Uh, Um problems with uh societal uh, stuff that's placed on on men and 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 masculinity that's kind of forced on us and and a narrow view of of what it means to be a man that's that's a problem um and and that and and that whoever the subject of this song is 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 just internalizing it and and like the very first thing you said was he's he he's he's saying externally what he hates but really it's 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 himself and and, and what he's put himself into yeah yeah and, and i would say that maybe it's about a guy i i think it's a metaphor for our, our society as a whole has a masculinity problem our, our society as a whole has a problem with a patriarchy or a patriotarchy i invented that word the patriotarchy um yeah i know but i've i've I have loved this record on top of lyricism, which I always focus on. It is fat. It has guitars that are like ripping your face. 
Um, I had a really great time. Aaron and I drove halfway across California together a couple of weeks ago and uh, we listened to this record and it was, it was a good time. Yeah. I'd like to go back to that. Cause every time I've heard that song, I've always thought about <clears throat> a, uh, a military veteran who's come back. You know, you talk about uh, it wasn't Iran or I was getting to stand and your wife can't stand you. Um, so I always assumed they were talking about a service member who returned his life is all screwed up because of his deployments over there. Now his wife can't stand him. Um, and the, uh, how those decisions that we make as a man, because like you think about how strongly our society pushes this, you need to be hero, go join the military, serve your country. That's what heroes do. You need to be hero join our forces so you can be a hero and you did it and you did it i did it um i have mixed feelings about that but uh that's why what i always thought that song was um or at least part of that song was and it could be it absolutely could be like and it could be set off by a personal story but i think it the whole album to me has a, a through line um completely though and i and it whatever that story is, whatever the grain size, whether it's one person or society as a whole, it fits. Right. It's the whole project really well. So awesome. Jesse, I think it is your turn to go. Yeah, it is. I've got my six record here still continuing on uh, chronologically. Uh, this is a band that's already uh, uh, come up in, in your top 10 uh, and it's Ooh. thrice. It's thrice, and it's the record they put out in uh, 2016. To be everywhere is to be nowhere. Um, um, thrice is my favorite band. They don't have a record that I dislike. Um, however, they have records that took longer to grow on me than others, which included um, Major Minor. I liked Major Minor from the beginning. It didn't take that long to warm up to, but my very first listen, it, it didn't hit me right away. It took me a little while. It, it didn't. It didn't sound like newfound glory, which is what you prefer. <laughs> no, that wasn't the issue. It didn't sound like Visu. That was the issue. Visu is my favorite record from them. But um, uh, uh, to be everywhere is to be nowhere was one that did not take me long to warm up to. Uh, just the way the record sounds and, and and the content of the songs just was. It didn't take long to warm up to, like I said. It, it was it was right. First listen, boom, yes, love this record. Um, I could probably highlight just about every song on there that I that, that I just love, but I'll, I'll try to talk about just one or two that, that stick the most. Uh, and the first one is a song called The Window. And my take on this song uh, is, is sort of a wrestling with faith including part of the stuff you're mentioning before deconstruction type stuff and i think dustin kendrew who who wrote it i think he was he was i think that he was he was wrestling with with his faith uh christian faith whatever you want to call it faith and whatever religious beliefs he he was holding at the time and 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 the song the window is is sort of about being in this place where uh it's hard to, to continue to hold beliefs with with what you can actually see, but in this place there is a window, um, and uh, there's something about that that 
you could still just hold on to even even in the most significant doubt and um I'll, I'll read i could easily read the whole song i'll try to stick to a couple verses maybe a chorus or something but he says uh, all i've known uh, within these walls of this room where there's a window roughly boarded up it's true the gaps are patched but even through the tiny cracks i feel a wind blow i see a light of strangest hue um there's and then he says in the chorus there's nothing i can say and there's no way i can prove that there's a place beyond this room but still there's something in the way the light comes shining through and there's a way that the curtains move so sort of like i can't i can't prove that this this faith is right or 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 that i've got it figured out but i'll tell you what there's there's something in the way that light comes shining through that window that there's something more out there i can't prove it but there's something So that's, that's the first song I wanted to um, mention. It's called The Window. Uh, the next song that I want to mention is called um, The Long Defeat. Oh, so good. Oh, man. I'm not so wearing, good. I thought about putting it on for today, but, like, The Long Defeat is uh, is the Thrice t-shirt I bought from when they were when they were touring that record. No, that's not true. I did not buy it when they were touring that record. My wife bought it for me because she knew I loved the song, and she saw me put it this specific t-shirt on like a wish list and it's it's uh it's like a guy holding a lantern and and on the shirt says together we'll fight the long defeat um and the long defeat is a song that i don't know that he pulled it directly from tolkien um but the long defeat is is sort of the notion that you continue to fight the good fight and the victory in that good fight ends in defeat but sticking to it uh is is a victory in of itself i think it's called a, a pyrrhic a pyrrhic victory um i i know mike you know tolkien a little better than i do could you sort of explain um uh, just because I, I feel like you you would definitely know the story better than i would but i sort of know that there's something with the i think it's is it the elves in in Lord of the Rings, that that continue to fight the long defeat against. Yeah, the, talk, the, the elves are I, the elves are in the in the forest dark, right? And so they they have they have they have a mysticism to them, um, and so they are. And but but the bigger the bigger, um, I think metaphor here, is that we all will end. We yeah. all will end. But that battle in Tolkien's stories, the long defeat comes up multiple times, um, yeah. is a is a battle that will be waged through generations, mm-hmm. and you are willing to fight it even though you will never see victory. Yes. And the, the whole point is that is that you're willing to fight it even though you will never see the payoff. I mean, it's like what you and I talk about, but what I feel all the time about my work in education is that, like I'm I've, I'm going to fight for education reform and I'm going to fight 
or progressive education in America, even though I will never, I'll never see all the fruit. Yeah. Um, I knew you were going to be able to put just the right, the right spin on that, explaining it better than I would. So thanks for, thanks for that input. Um, some of the, the lyrics, I'm going to read a, a verse in a chorus. Um, and honestly, I kind of like how this song plays on a similar metaphor in this verse from the window that I just uh, talked about. Um, this verse says, uh, The suffering that I see all around, it's enough to keep me crashing down till I lie erect and reeling from these falls. Still, I believe there's a word in the wire, and I believe there's a way through the fire, and I believe there's a joy that blooms beyond these walls so keep holding on to hope without assurance keep holding on to a memory of light but will the morning come for all i know we'll never see the sun but together we'll fight the long defeat and i have goosebumps just reading it i just think it's phenomenally written and and i can i can relate with just feeling like uh seeing suffering around me and 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 experiencing my own falls and and uh getting down on myself even at times but still believing there's a way through and and um choosing to find uh joy beyond the suffering that is so present uh and easy to find so that's a big one for me i feel even a little bit of trembling in my voice man it's it's uh, but it's a it, really it's a really important song to me it's powerful yeah and this album may or may not come up again later I think another just like quick hit on it is also the album has the most gentle themes to it. They're soft and caring. And I'm going to talk about that, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit later. We'll see. Um, but it's paired with enormous music. Um, yeah. Like, like it's all baritone guitars and like, it's just fat and huge. So thank you, Jesse. Gentle themes. Are you serious? There are gentle themes. There are gentle there themes. Are s- there okay, are you weren't saying about- the entire record. Just- no, there's like there's songs okay. about They're freaking drone strikes. There. No, okay. there's songs about drone strikes, but there's That's what I was just about, about to say. Like- I've got a third song. I have to mention a third song. Okay, all right, Jesse, go ahead. <laughs> the third song I have to mention is Death From Above. Friggin' um, enormous. It was another song that, like, the first time I heard it, like, my hair just blew back and my eyes just popped super wide open like oh man he is calling this out he is calling out drone warfare in our nation and and how it's uh uh i mean he he was specifically (laughs) talking about about predator drone strikes in syria yeah yeah, specifically anyways so he yeah and and he starts right off in the song he says i always thought that there was something different setting us apart, that I was led by men with sober minds and sympathetic hearts. I swore an oath, but never knew just what it was to take a life, to play at God across such distances and from so um, great a height. 
And then the chorus is, but I'm never sure who I'm killing, how many innocents were in the building. I dropped death out of the sky. No longer human beings, no longer people, just targets on a screen. None of it's real. I dropped death out of the sky. And uh, there's no there's no hidden message in there. That that one's pretty pointed and clear. Yeah, yeah. and and I in the sky had had come out, I think, like right before right after this i i pair it with that movie eye in the sky with aaron paul uh from breaking bad because he he plays that tormented role of the guy in the like predator drone pilot little shed flying drones and shooting you know bug splats on the screen yeah i also was watching um ah shoot the name of it just escaped me uh the one with john krasinski where he plays Jack Ryan. Oh, yeah, Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. I was watching Jack Ryan right around this time, and obviously John Krasinski yeah. plays one of the main characters, but like a sub character that comes up really often uh, was was a drone pilot yeah. uh, doing just the same stuff. Anyway, so to be everywhere is to be nowhere. Thrice, fantastic record. I, I highlighted only three songs. I easily could probably talk for <laughs> an hour about each individual song, but we've got to move on. So we'll. Uh, Go back to Aaron for his next record. But I am never sure who I am killing. How many innocents were in the building? I drove death out of love. No longer human beings. No longer people. Targets on a screen. None of it's real. I drove Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, man. Um, Aaron, I think we're back to you. That's right. It's my turn. And uh, I'm bringing back Propagandi and say victory lap. You dog. Um, oh, man. That's right. Are we going to have a, a repeat here? That we sure might, and that's fine. Okay. Um, anyways, this is one of my top 10 favorite albums from the past decade. <laughs> and... Uh, number one like musically that record is so ridiculously complex like i don't even fully understand it as someone who has like a very very minor understanding of music theory but the craziness that goes on that record is ridiculous all the time changes and the structures that us mortals cannot comprehend (laughs) it's ridiculous they cover a lot of very deep themes such as like male vulnerability um there's like things that most punk rock albums are not talking about but uh i think probably my favorite song on there is uh, adventures in zoocosis yes uh which is very much like portraying as common people as people who are being kept in cages and just fed things to keep us docile and keep us in line. Um, And I think he does it very well, but it's the last part that I really love. The last part of that song as, you know, a father now, this means a lot to me, especially as like these last few years, I've, 
kind of changed my ideology and really seen how our systems work, you know, and really are just trying to keep us in line. But the last course, probably not course, the last verse, I think it is, uh, boys, I've bowed to the keeper's whip for so damn long. I think the sad truth is this enclosure is where your old man belongs, but your hearts are pure. When the operant conditioners come to break you in, I'll sink my squandered teeth. I think that squandered, squandered is very purposeful there because I've had these teeth that I could do some damage with for so long, but I haven't done shit. But then he goes on to say, you grab your little brother's hand, run like the wind. And if I'm not there, don't look back, just go. You know, as a, as a dad now, I really want to raise my kids so that they see the system for what it is and they speak out against it and they don't, um, you know, comply or just sit back and take what is handed to them. Man, I, you and I had a moment listening to that song. Yep. Yeah, uh, we had that long car ride. It was one of the tracks that came up, and we had a talk. Mike took about his it. pants off. <laughs> While he was driving, it was pretty amazing. One time, Jesse yeah. and I were on the freeway, and we traded seats without slowing the car down. <laughs> this is true. We were going seventy on a freeway, and and we switched. He was driving, and then I was driving. We yeah. Um, but I. Hey, but yes, Mike and I did have a moment. We had a moment and there that song there's two things if I can give two little things about it. Um absolutely. One is it is one of my favorite stories is is the story of Daedalus and Icarus. Um talk about Thrice, like there's lots of imagery from Thrice albums, songs, whatever. I have some Daedalus and Icarus imagery up in my music room when we play music. Um I've made my kids gifts. <laughs> and stuff with that on it um, and it's like a modern day retelling of that I feel um, with very propaganda imagery uh, I also musically that song please like everybody should go listen to it and I'll play the section maybe we'll, we'll punch the section in here it has the major minor lift toward hope like there's the same play in that song where things are are retrospectively regretful like i wish this wasn't this way this is so bad we have just been these animals but when it says like but your hearts are pure and literally at that moment the song lifts yeah and there's the escape plan we can get away right so good it's just so good thank you man Boys, I bowed to the keeper's whip for so damn long. I think the sad truth is this enclosure is where your old man belongs. But you, your hearts are pure when the operant conditioners come to break you in. I sink my squandered teeth. You grab your little brother's hand, run like the wind. And if I'm not there, don't look back, just go. I don't give a fuck about you.
think that would be uh mike's turn now mm, okay um well i'll take uh i'll take a, a turn here all right i'll take a turn and i'll come back to some records that maybe we've mentioned um so one of my uh one of my other albums um that ties into that theme i talked about about like the deconstruction the sort of growing up and taking on new perspectives um is an album we have mentioned already uh on previous episode in our top 10 oh a previous episode in our top 10 um and that is uh the album vice versus by switchfoot which i believe jesse i believe you mentioned that i did it was definitely in my top 10 we talked about from the very beginning we'll probably overlap on a couple of records i thought this one might be one i didn't know though yeah so it is um i will say it was close it was close on this one, which is, is no diss. It's still, but I think there are many good songs on it. Jesse, you mentioned, you mentioned one or two. Selling the News was the one I talked about. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to mention the title track um, just because I I think it was a permissive track. Um, I think it gave permission. So, so Switchfoot is like the most popular band in San Diego, I would say. Uh, com- competing me with Blink-182, um, who's kind of around. Like you if know, you're trying to, if you're trying to name like quintessential bands that pe- people know from San Diego, uh, they, they would be in, in the handful of bands. Yeah, right. Um, but but John Foreman, the songwriter, lead singer and songwriter, uh, his brother plays bass in the band as well. Um, you know, he's kind of known around here as like a local rock star guy. Um, but also they are known as like, oh, aren't they like that Christian band? Like they're yeah. kind of known like that. Like, aren't they that Christian band? Um, and I think in their early years, they they were closer to that. Um, but their songs have never been like, like they haven't ever had like an album and all of the songs were like overtly like that. Like, you know, I think that they touch on a lot of themes, but this album, um, I feel like it gave people permission to doubt and struggle and wonder. And I think for their specific listeners, which they are like North County, San Diego, much more conservative Christian kind of area, neighborhood, surf culture. Um, that's like an affluent, very white culture in San Diego. Um, a lot of those people listen to them. Uh, I, I specifically like the bridge and the final verse of this song, because I think it speaks to me and maybe I get so wrapped into my head with this. But, you know, I moved to San Diego and as like a Chicano kid from the Imperial Valley coming to San Diego, went to Point Loma Nazarene University, which is like this beautiful college that's its own little bubble right on the cliffs above the ocean. Um, And I did not fit in there. I was not like everybody else. It was a lot of rich kids. It was a lot of white kids. And I was like, I'm okay here, but it wasn't like my people. It was, you know. You can't get like really good bandulce at PLNU anywhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
you know, so there are a lot of like bros, a lot of flat bill kind of kids. And so uh, this is this is the bridge in the, in the verse. And I just want you to imagine what this might feel like for somebody who is a wealthy, white, conservative Christian who has been sheltered their whole life. <laughs> so like maybe imagine that. Um, okay. Let the Pacific laugh beyond my epitaph with its rising and falling and after all it's just water and i am just soul with a body of water and bone water and bone and then this is the piece to me where is god in the city life where is god in the city light where is god in the earthquake where is god in the genocide where are you in my broken heart Everything seems to fall apart. Everything feels rusted over. Tell me that you're there. Because I know that there's a meaning to it all. A little resurrection every time I fall. You got your babies. I got my hearses. Every blessing comes with a set of curses. I got my vices. Got my vice verses. And I just appreciate the allowance, the permission for imperfection and doubt um, because I think that is a community of people that listen to them that do not want to ever be wrong and they open this door for people to wonder and think and challenge ideas Where is God in the city life Where is God in the city life Where is God in the earthquake where is God in the genocide? Where are you in my broken heart? Everything seems to fall apart. Everything feels rusted over. Tell me that you're there. I know that song is fantastic. I bet it. I bet it just played before I said that. It did. It just played before you said that, Jesse. <laughs> so Jesse, um, you're up. And my, I think this my, is going to be our last one. I think last last one for for this episode, and then we'll wrap up in in uh, in the third installment of the top ten. All right. So it better be this... really good. <laughs> like whatever you're about to say, if it's just like a like a lob, like a softball, I'm going to ask you to choose a new one. All right. So I know this has come up before. Um, but this is this is a musician. I, I I had put this in in my um, if I was able to create a, 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 an ideal lineup for for a concert like a local concert. I had put this as my opening act. It was going to be oh, Carly Rae Jepsen. The album is Emotion. We're not going to respond even. No. Um. As much as I actually do enjoy that record, it did not make my top 10 for the whole decade. So I want you to know, I want you to know that I am literally taking down notes because I'm thinking of like what songs I need to plug in. And I wrote down the album because I did not doubt. I didn't doubt that you would have it on. That's what I think of you now. That's it. <laughs> okay. So I do, I do like that record. But no, it, it did not make it into the top into the top ten. I was just uh, trolling you guys, uh, thinking that you were gonna have to gonna have to deal with me talking about it and then playing it. 
on the show. Um, no, the actual record, which you'll be much more excited about, Mike, I'm sure, is <sighs> Gang of Youths put out a record in 2017, and the record is called Go Farther in Lightness. Yes! <laughs> um, this record is spectacular. It is gorgeous. It yep. is yep. deep. Mm -hmm. um, even from the very first, maybe maybe second. I, I give it a little more credit if I say first, but probably second time. It like immediately skyrocketed into something that I just knew was so special. It was going to, it was, it's, it's a top album of all time on, on for me, um, top five, top tens, something like that. Um, it's, it's just great. I want to touch on a, a couple of songs and, uh, the first one is, um, it's called do not let your spirit wane. And, and this is a song that, um, I take, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what, what the songwriter, uh, David, Leo Pepe, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Leo Pepe, they're Australian. Um, I, I don't know the meaning of the song, but I kind of like taking what I want from it. And um, I take as as sort of um, addressing uh, mental health and depression, um, which which I believe that he has some experience with. Um, the song starts off the whole first verse. He's explaining that he has. Uh, this dream and the dream is great he's he's like really content in this dream he's like with his girl um and they have a kid and things are just are just great but then but then he like wakes up and um he's alone he's drinking alone in a basement and and that feeling of of not having what he was content with 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 the girl and his kid and and, and that uh, it seems like that brings on um, just uh, I don't know if depression is the right word but but depression and he, he prays that he's not hallucinating is, is a lyric that he says and so it seems like this dream that he's experienced where he has this really beautiful thing and then just immediately gets contrasted by waking up and just being in in this thing that is like exactly the opposite to him being alone just drinking by himself in a basement um and so what he says right after that is a chorus that that seems a little disconnected but i think he's addressing um the feeling of of depression when he kind of contrasts the good and so he says uh do not let this thing that you've got go to waste do not let your heart be dismayed. It's here by some random disclosure of grace from some vascular great thing. Let your life go strong and sweet to the taste because the odds are completely insane. Do not let your spirit wane. And then at the very end of the song, um, it's almost like he's sitting in this depression thing trying to snap himself out of it. Like, um, and, and um, he says... Um, he says, get the fuck out of your head if it says, stay cold and be deathly afraid. Do not let your spirit wane. And I don't have a lot of experience with this, but I've had a little bit where I've had um, some, uh, some anxiety issues that have come up in my life. 
that lasted for a duration that that kind of made me f get into a little bit of what I think would be depression. Um, and at the time, I didn't have this phrase or this thing, but the way that he, he says, get out of your head. Your head is telling you, stay cold and be deathly afraid. Be afraid of this. Stay stay hard, stay cold. And he's saying, no, fuck that. Get out of that. <laughs> Don't sit in it. And uh, uh, I like the song. I, Jesse, I, this is gonna be so hard for me not to. I was like shaking in my seat, wanting to say things that whole time. You probably saw me. I was like, I literally I had to like look away and close my eyes for a second because I love this so desperately. And I, there's, there's a, a piece of the bridge that you didn't share that I think we should at least say these lyrics um, because there's an image. I have struggled with depression mightily on and off since I was in college. Uh, you know, in school, I went through some really traumatic things, including uh, my roommate took his own life um, when I was in school and and even now, I still get down. And it's not like people say, oh, you're kind of down. It's not like that. It, it's not like being down. It's like you can't. You just can't. Um, yeah. And there's yeah, and, this... And, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't make sense to other people. No. Because I got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, so, but there's this, there's this image in it, in the bridge. And he says it a couple of times. But the lyric is, cut me out take me home my hands are tired my legs are broke and the ruptured chrome plus the deep unknown turns my insides out and my head face down and so it's a car crash image and i just like the artistry of like equal like creating an equal thing of like my hands are tired my legs are broke the ruptured chrome we can all like Im imagine chrome that's like bent so that's cracking out like it's a, a crazy image to create plus the deep unknown he's like so there's all this problem and and then like the inside of me is the real thing going on right like uh thank you i think like this album needs to be mentioned in any conversation about music yeah <laughs> there's a few there's a few other tracks that i don't know if we want to get deep into so many different tracks but um, the deepest of sighs, the frankest of shadows. Um, I really love that track. Like musically, just the rises and falls and the builds that it has, and, and the way that he he uh, just yells when he says that he'll stand in the darkness and laugh with your heel on its throat. Now, and and whatever you think it is when he says laugh with your heel on its throat, that's yours. I know what it is for me. And I kind of don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but but that's a great song. And and my goodness, there's at least a handful more that, that I could super dig into. But I'll, I'll let it go. Kind of knowing that we're gonna get back in this album at least one more time soon. Get the fuck out of your head if you say 
did it, guys. We got through seven. Um, we got through seven, and we are um, going to maybe like pause on the list here, and we'll get back into it. There will I, there will be some crossover, I think, and that's okay. I mean, the where it's happened already, I think is it's been cool. We kind of hear like different perspectives on on something that we all yeah. we all really we've like. Hit, we've hit two different thrice albums. Two different Propagandi albums, and we, and the same Switchfoot album. That's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, and you guys didn't even get into putting Carly Rae Jepsen in your top ten. That'll no. probably overlap, I'm sure. I, I'm gonna take Miley. <laughs> Miley, Miley Rae Jepsen. Jepsen. Miley Rae Jepsen's probably gonna come. She's up. my last three. <laughs> All of them. All <laughs> three of them. It's the same album, but it's like the remix version and then the deluxe. <laughs> yeah yeah gotcha all right guys well thank you so much um for hanging out and for our listeners thank you for going on the journey with us and we hope uh you're picking up some new music if you haven't heard this stuff and if you have it somewhere in your library or on a shelf somewhere go grab it give it a listen um and thank you all for hanging out with us we uh we like talking about this stuff so um good night Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. Thank you for listening to The Punk Tree. Uh, Be excellent to each other. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.